Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Jonah. Jonah, he's one of the minor prophets, so it's going to be Jonah chapter uh, 1, and we're just going to go through the whole uh, first chapter. Sound good? So if you didn't do your Bible reading today, this will be it, because there's quite a few quite a few verses, and this is a pretty familiar story for uh, a lot of us, but I think God has something to say uh, to this church, to all of us, uh, as a result of this of this reading. So as we're reading it, try to not kind of zone out because I know that's like, oh, I kind of know the story of Jonah, but let's kind of just focus and try to really listen in uh, to what the Lord has to say to us today. So Jonah chapter one, we have the scripture on the screen as well, uh, starting in verse one. So it says this, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. This is the Lord talking to Jonah. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound uh, for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, of course, and each cried out to their own God. Uh, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? So they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to roll back to land. They didn't want to throw him overboard, but they could not. For the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord of Jonah. They said, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the man greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. And so we're starting a brand new series today on the story of Jonah. And I've uh, titled this Jonah, but also Running from God. So we're going to be talking about this whole idea of, of running, running from God. Because here's the premise of everything that I'm going to be talking about for the past four weeks. And the premise is this. God has a calling on your life. God has a reason why he has you alive in this world. He has a calling. He has something that he has created you to do for the kingdom in this world. And I want to tell you right now what it's not. God's goal for you on this earth is not to be as happy as possible. 
It is not to be as prosperous as possible. It's not so you have the best retirement as possible. It's not so that you can live as comfortably as possible. It's not for you to to just become the healthiest person as possible. It's not to you live out your own dreams in this world. Like none of those things are bad, but I want to argue that the Bible teaches us that the calling that God has on your life may not have anything to do with what you have in your mind for yourself. So Ephesians 2.10 says this. It's the Apostle Paul. He's saying this to his church. He's saying, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do or for us to to walk in. And so this is the whole idea. And we've talked about this before, that that God has a, a path that he has set out for you to walk in that he thought of before you were born. And your calling is to walk in that path. So, let me ask you a question. Have you ever missed a, an off-ramp? You've been driving on the freeway, you miss an off-ramp, right? Or have you missed an on-ramp? Are you going down the freeway and you've got your, you've got your GPS or you've got Waze or you've got, you know, Google Maps and you've got the destination there and you're like driving down, you know, the freeway and all of a sudden you kind of get distracted and you're like, oh man, I missed, I missed the exit. My wife's looking at me like, dude, that happens to you all the time. But the reality is that you look at your GPS and you, you miss the, the off-ramp or whatever it is. And then what happens to the GPS, right? It starts, starts recalculating. Like, oh, it's going to take you 12 more minutes. Like, man, 12 more minutes. Like, we have to go all the way around and we've got to do this, this whole thing. It starts recalculating because you, you, missed, you missed the off-ramp. You missed what the GPS was, was showing you. And sometimes what I like to do is kind of a, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like, if I'm going to, like, uh, let's say Anaheim, right? but I have to stop by my house first to pick something up, I'll write down Anaheim, and then it'll show you the destination for Anaheim, but you're going in the opposite direction, and I just like to watch this, like, what's this going to try to make me do? Like, recalculate, 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 and it's trying to figure out all these ways, and so I'm watching, I'm like, okay, it's interesting, adding one minute, two minutes, adding five minutes, it's just kind of one of those, one of those strange things. But the reason why I bring all that up is because I think that that is true in our walk with God. I think that that God has a a destination for us to walk in. There's this destination, but I think that it is possible that some of us here, and maybe many of us, we've missed an off-ramp or two. And in our lives, we're realizing that God is just kind of recalculating, like, you know where you need to go. Maybe there was a time in your life where you're like, you know, like God called you to do something, and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'll do this for a little bit, and then I'll get back to what it is that God has actually called me to do. Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe something happened in your life, like you started a business, or there's some addiction that you got hung up on, or some sin where you realize right now, like God is sort of recalculating, like, hey, what, what are we doing here? Like, why are you going that direction? I have a different destination for you. Maybe you're here today, and, and you come to church, and, and, and you believe, like you believe in God, like you believe all the things that we believe, or, or maybe you're here, and you don't believe any of it. But the reality is that you have a calling on your life. That's why this whole series is called Running from God. Because I think many of us here possibly are running from God. You're walking away from what God has has for you. And so today what I want to invite you to do and as we go along in this series is that we will get back on track. That we will get back on track for what God has for us. 
Later today, uh, at the end of the service, we're having a baptism, and, and Beth is getting baptized today. Some of you guys know her, and this is a huge, this is, this is amazing. It's so great that she's getting baptized, and so we're happy about that. We're happy when anyone gets baptized, and that's going to happen here, here today, but the problem is that sometimes people think that baptism is like a culminating moment. Like, oh, I've been with God, and I'm kind of trying to decide, you know, am I going to follow God? No, I'm coming to church. I believe some of the things. I'm like, finally, I'm tying the knot. I'm going to get baptized. And then you get baptized, and it's almost like that's like the culminating moment. Like, I did it. I made it. You know, that's all good for us. But it's almost like marriage, right? I mean, imagine that we're, my wife and I were dating. You know, we finally decided to get married. We put the wedding together. We finally get married. She says, I do. I say, I do. And like, that was great. See you later. Right? The reality is that sometimes that's the way we see baptism. Like we get to this moment and we get baptized and we look back to the moment when we got baptized and we think that that's a culminating moment. But that's not what it is at all. Just like a marriage, that's when the relationship starts and you start walking together. And so I'm thinking that it's possible that some of us, we look back at our baptism and like the culminating moment and you realize that you haven't really done much after, after that. So let me remind you about what I said earlier, is that every single one of you, you and I, we have a path that has been set out for us, by God, for us to be able to walk in. My fear is that many of us will miss it because we're pursuing lesser things. We're pursuing goals that seem like they're more important, but they're lesser things. And my fear is that we'll look back at our lives or you'll look back at at your life and you'll realize that since your primary pursuit was comfort and safety, that you will realize, "I, I just, I missed it. And this is not a salvation thing. It's a purpose thing. It's a life of purpose thing that you look back and you're like, man, I just always played it safe. I always played it safe. And the reason why you always played it safe is because God's calling on your life many times is going to seem too hard. It's going to seem too scary, and it's going to seem different than your plan. But you see, God called Jonah to do something that Jonah did not want to do. Have you ever been there? Verse 2 says this. It says, God is telling Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. If there was something that Jonah did not want to do was go preach at Nineveh. You see, Nineveh was the, the capital of Assyria. And Assyria, they were enemies of the Jewish people. And they were brutal. And it is very possible that, that, that Jonah had witnessed things that would seem to him in his mind like, I, am, I'm, I would rather die than go over there and serve that community who has made us suffer so much. There's somewhere that Jonah didn't want to go. It was to Assyria. Imagine God calling you. Let's put ourselves in his position. Imagine God calling you to go and serve a community where you know they have come into your, let's say, people group and have raped people that you know, have killed part of your family, have taken captive people that you could recognize in the street, even family members, and God says, you know what, I want you to go over there and I want you to go and serve them and I want you to, put, I want you to be my hands and feet to this community. You're like, I'm not going to do that. They don't deserve the forgiveness of God. 
And you may think about this and you may think, yeah, that's uh, the Old Testament. And that's kind of like a, like a metaphorical thing that couldn't really happen. Like God's never going to actually call you to do something crazy like that. But there's actually real life stories like this. If you know the story of Jim Elliott, some of you guys know this. I have a picture of Jim Elliott here. Um, there's a photo of him in, 19, in 1950. He went to a tribe in Ecuador and he went to preach to this tribe in Ecuador called the, the Waranis. And, and they, weren't, they, weren't, they were pagan. And they were very violent. And he knew that. And he went in there, him and his group. And they all got brutally murdered. But the story doesn't stop there. It continues. Later, his, his wife, Elizabeth, I have a picture of her too. And she went years later with another team to the same tribe they had brutally murdered her husband. And she goes into that tribe and preaches the gospel to them. And they all become followers of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. I don't want us to just kind of let the story kind of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. You know, that's kind of crazy. But, but what would bring this man, Jim Elliott, to go and do something so dangerous? And after being murdered, what would... What would draw his wife to, to go and do something like that that was so crazy? I mean, what, what, was, what made them so special? Were they crazy? Were they special? Were they superheroes? They just said yes to God. Like, I'm going to do it no matter what. Like, if God has called me to do this, and I know that God has called me to do this, I'm going to go no matter what. My question to you, my question to myself is, what would you do? This was the challenge that Jonah was facing. What did Jonah do? Well, he did what most of us would do, right? It's obvious, you know. Verse 3 says, but Jonah ran away from God and headed for Tarshish. He's like, I'm not doing that. That's way too dangerous. I'll probably get killed. Plus, I hate these people. So I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go to Tarshish, right, in the opposite direction. And he hid from God. He wasn't only going in a separate direction, but he was also hiding from God beneath the deck of the boat. Have you ever done this? Have you ever run from God? Because it seems like it's too hard what he's asking you to do. Have you ever hid from God? It's like, oh, I don't want to. I feel like God's calling me to do this, but no, I don't. You know what? I'm just not going to think about it, and I'm going to get really busy, and I'm going to act like God is not really calling me to do this because it seems too dangerous, and I've got all these other reasons why I shouldn't do what God is calling me to do. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've been in, I've been in situations like that where I feel like God is calling me to do something, and I've said no. Like, oh, go pray for that person. I'm like, eh, go talk to that person. Eh, I don't know. Go give them some money. Eh, I don't know. Call, talk, visit. So, like, I can't tell you the amount of times when I've come up with all these reasons, and a lot of times it's just because I'm so busy that I'm listening to God asking me to do something, and I'm like, I'm just too busy. Have you ever been there? Fortunately, I've gotten better over, over the years at saying yes more and more often to God in these things. And when you say yes to God and you see God working, it's amazing. It's like, man, I'm so glad I did that. My wife and I fortunately have said yes to most of the big things God has called us to do. Um, I really hesitate to use myself as an example, but I'm just going to go through this real quick. Like, I never wanted to be a pastor. I don't know if you know that or not. I never wanted to be a pastor. I'm five generations of pastors and if there was one thing I didn't want to do was to become a pastor because I knew what being a pastor entailed. And in my mind, I'm like, anything but pastor. 
My wife and I, we got married in 2002. I was 27 years old, and I was working for a nonprofit that my dad still runs today between 27 and 30 years old. My dad put me in charge, not that I was qualified, he put me in charge of four schools. I had a staff of 150 people uh, between teachers and, and directors. I, had to, I was in charge of these four schools, and uh, my future looked pretty good. Like, I could make good money, and it seemed like this was kind of my life was set. My wife and I, we gave it all up to move to the United States to work as an intern at 31 years old, making intern money, living on food stamps with two toddlers. Why did we do something so crazy? Some of you guys are thinking, he is crazy. Like, who would give that up? But the, real, the realization is that we knew God was calling us. We knew it. We knew it. And I look back now at all the years until this point, and, and I realize that I'm so glad that I said yes to God. I'm so glad that I said yes to God. Um, so we've said yes to big, some of the big things in our life, but my parents are even a bigger example of this. I think I had a picture of my family there when we, back in those days. That's okay. That's my dad and my mom. Uh, that's okay. That's us back then, kind of in that same time period. That's my dad and my mom. My brother Nathan's on the left and I'm on the right. Look at those guns. My gosh, look at that kid. He's so jacked. The point of that, don't get distracted by that picture, but the point of that is that my parents, they moved to South America, to Chile, um, in 1976, right in the middle of a dictatorship government where, you know, arguably the, there was a coup that had just happened in coordination with the American government and uh, the general of the army in Chile. So there was a lot of chaos, and, and Americans weren't very popular. My parents decided to take two toddlers in the middle of chaos to preach the gospel. And I think about that, and I'm like, man, what is it? that brought them to that point where they would make such a crazy, quote-unquote, irresponsible decision into the middle of danger with two toddlers. What is that? What is that thing? Like, what would, what would you do in a situation like that? Now, this isn't about me. It's not about my parents. It's not about the Elliots, and it's not even about Jonah, what I want, to, I want you to think about, this is about you. I want you to think about yourself because I think that every single person here is in a different stage of, let's say, the Jonah journey, okay? Some of you here, maybe God is calling you right now to do something you don't want to do and you're trying to decide right now. You're like, oh, I'm in the middle. Like, I'm trying, like God is calling me and I'm trying to make a, a decision. And perhaps right now you're thinking about all the reasons why what God is calling you to do doesn't make sense. Not safe, not the right time, not enough money, not enough training, okay? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today and you've already said no to God, right? You already missed the exit. You're on your way down a road that is not necessarily a sinful road, but it's not God's calling on your life. And you're, th you're feeling right now like God's calling me to make a U-turn. Okay, don't make a U-turn on the freeway, okay? That's dangerous, but if you're, like, if you want to turn, like, maybe God's calling you right now to do that. Maybe you're here and you're heading in the, you've been heading in the wrong direction for a while now, and you're reaping the consequences of disobedience. You're like, man, I realized that God called me at one point in my life, and I'm, like, in a completely different place right now. We could say you're in the belly of the fish, and you're in that moment with God, like, man, I'm reaping the consequences of disobedience. Or maybe you're here today, and you've, uh, You've never even considered the fact that there is a God-given journey before you that you're supposed to walk in. Maybe you just didn't know. 
Maybe it was like, I just get baptized and I come to church. Maybe that's it. I want to tell you, there's so much more in store for you. I don't know where you are in your walk, but here's what I do know. Either you've never heard the voice of God calling you to what you're called to do, or you have, and you at some point have decided to go in another direction. Um, And I don't know what the reason is or the reason was. And maybe one of the reasons was I don't feel prepared, right? I'm not not prepared for the calling that God has on my life. And I know that I've I've heard people say this before, and it's somewhat true, I would say, that God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. Like if, you're, if God has a calling on your life and you're like, oh, there's all these reasons, arguably when you feel prepared, it's probably too late. So um, me, and my wife, my parents, the LA, like everyone, everyone who's had a calling on their life, they've had this moment where they're in a crossroads. They have to make a decision. Am I going to choose obedience or am I going to choose safety? Unfortunately, it is one or the other. In most cases, you, you have to choose one or the other. You can't have both. Most choose safety. That's what Jonah chose. And for many, that's going to be your choice. We choose safety. But today I want to tell you, and this is, this is what I want you to go home with. I want you to hear this. Is that I want to tell you that according to Jesus... Choosing safety over obedience is actually not the safe choice. Okay. According to Jesus, choosing obedience over safety is actually not the safest choice. Let me unpack this. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 25, he says this, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What is he saying here? He's telling his disciples that by trying to save our lives, meaning I want to be as happy as possible, I want to be as safe as possible, I want to be as prosperous as possible, I want to have the nicest retirement as possible, I want to live as comfortably as possible, I want to be as healthy as possible. If your focus is on saving your life, being as safe as possible, Jesus is saying that's the exact way to lose it. That is not the safest way to go. You will lose your life. And by losing it, by, by, by losing your life, which is, which is choosing obedience, that's what obedience in a way is, is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from this life and I'm going to go with Jesus. That seems safe, but this is actually safer according to, to Jesus. So that's why Jonah reaped what he sowed when he fled from God. This was his fate in verse 4. It says this, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And then we we fast forward to chapter, to verse 15, and and you realize that not only was was it amazingly not the safest thing or the most unsafe thing you can imagine, they they ended up throwing him overboard. In verse 15, so what Jonah thought was his safety was worse than the alternative. So by trying to save his life, he, he lost it. And so this is what will happen to you and me if we insist on walking our own walk as opposed to walking the path of good works that God prepared for us in advance to walk in. That's the safest way to go. Everything else is just chaos. 
Like you're trying to figure it out. Like you're saying, oh, I, want th- I think th- this feels like the right thing or everyone else is doing this. So I think I'm going to go this way. That's not the safest way. You got to follow the calling that God has on your life. I heard someone once said, I'm not, I'm not afraid of dying. And I understand this. I actually agree with this. I'm not afraid of dying, right? I'm afraid of not living. That's the fear. I want to... So... I'm going to close with this. Um, I want to see God do something in this church in my lifetime that cannot be explained outside of the hand of God. This is like, I don't want to leave this world before I see God doing something in this church that I cannot explain outside of the hand of God. But you know what I think it's going to take? I'm convinced that God is simply waiting for a few people in this church to step out in faith. And I don't know what that means for you specifically. To step out in faith and choose obedience over safety. I don't know what that means. But if God is speaking to your heart, I want to say, obey what God is telling you. I'm not a prophet. Of course I'm not. But I feel like the clock is ticking like I've never felt it before. I really do. Which brings us back to the archetypal story of Peter walking on water, right? We all know that story, Peter walking on water. You see, we all have our proverbial boat that we're in. We all have this thing that we feel safe in. The thing that makes us happy, the thing that makes us feel like our future is going to be fine, the nice retirement, as comfortable as possible, as like we have this group of people and this area, the thing that, like we all have a list of things that we could define as our proverbial boat that makes us feel safe. So my question to you this morning is, will you stay in the comfort of this boat or are you going to step out in faith? Will you choose safety or will you choose purpose? But here's the catcher. The boat is not safe. That is not the safe place. That is an, that is an illusion. It is not safer on the boat. Everything in this world tells you that the boat is safe. Everything in this world will tell you that you have, to, you have to prepare your life because everything needs to be safe around you. And it makes sense because when things are familiar and predictable, it seems like you are safer, but that is an illusion. The Bible assures us that this boat that you're in is sinking. And it's just a matter of time. Will you step out of this boat? Because here's the thing, you will have to step out sooner or later. The question is not whether or not you're going to have to step out of this boat. Because we live like this thing is forever. But the Bible tells us repeatedly that this boat has a timer and the clock is ticking. The question is not, will this boat go under? The question is this, when it does... Will you be hanging on to the boat while it goes down? Or will you be hanging on to the hand of Jesus, walking with him and looking back as it sinks, walking with Christ? Hey, I I want to encourage you to step out of the boat early. Step out of the boat early. There's a calling on your life. There's something that God has called you to do now to walk this path with Jesus, and he will 
guide you in your life. It's time to step out. So I'm going to ask if we could close our eyes for a minute. We could just um, uh, bow our heads, and I'm going to say a few things, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. Because maybe you're here this morning, and, and you realize that the life is so much more than just a baptism in your life, which is such a beautiful thing that we're going to celebrate here in a little bit. Maybe you're here and you realize that. And you know what your calling is. You know what God has called you to do, and you know that you have walked in the opposite direction. Or maybe you're here today and you didn't realize that this is what the Christian life is about. Maybe you didn't understand that there is a path that you're called to walk in. Maybe that's you today as well. And so if you're here and you either want to know what God created you to be, or you want to turn your life in the right direction and begin to follow Jesus no matter what, with eyes closed and heads bowed, I just want to ask you to just raise your hand and put it right back down, and I'll do a quick prayer for you this morning. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Lord God, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy, and we thank you for your word. We thank you because these stories in the Old Testament, like the story of Jonah, is so significant when it comes to allowing for us to just trust you no matter what and follow and understand that what we consider safe is actually not safe at all. I pray, God, for all the hands that were raised, and I don't know if they're deciding to to follow you here for the first time and start walking in that path or they don't know what the path is or maybe they've walked away from you and now want to turn around. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you will encourage them and guide them as they walk with you. So we pray these things and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.